Welcome to this week's edition of the Green Wisdom Health Show. I'm Janet Lewis. And I'm Dr. Lewis. And we are going to educate you a little bit today about heartburn, indigestion, and misery on me. And for those of you that are not familiar with who we are, we do low-cost lab work all across the United States so that we are not guessing about what's going on with your health issues. And then we put you on pharmaceutical-grade supplements, which we're going to address a little bit of those supplement issues at the end of this show. And we keep you from buying the wrong things at the health food stores and getting a better-grade quality of product that is based on your lab work and not just guessing. So with that, Dr. Lewis, uh, we've had many questions about heartburn and indigestion, and apparently that's a big deal. They apparently give you a lot of medications for it and over-the-counter medications. So um, we're going to help you decide where the indigestion or heartburn could be coming from. Is there something you can do about it naturally? And uh, what is going on with it? So would you please enlighten us as only you can do? Uh, the pressure's on again. Uh, you know, one thing you can do is you can always go on WebMD because it's like one of those choose-your-own-adventure books where the result is always death, like being pushed off the cliff. Or you could do something different. Uh, sorry, I'm going down a rabbit hole already. You know, indigestion can be a lot of things. And I do tell people, you know, I'm a chiropractor, and I look at things from a structure-function point of view, and it's always a good idea to see a GI doc because it can be something super serious like pancreatic cancer or stomach cancer or esophageal cancer. It is good to get a medical opinion. We do have the best medical profession on Earth. I think one of the biggest issues we have is too many toxins and not enough nutrients, and I know that's true because I read all the research and I'm blessed with a good memory. Thank goodness for that. So the indigestion can be a symptom that's uh, stomach or the intestines, and it can be you know, a problem there. It can be just the disorder all by itself. Food allergies, I think, is a major contributing factor. Uh, intolerances, uh, such as lactose intolerance, can cause indigestion, although there are many, many, many intolerances and now i'm studying this whole brand new thing there's a way big difference between food allergies and food sensitivities and holy cow the differences the things i've learned recently we are never who we were last week last year 10 years ago we're just constantly evolving and i'm just scared to death that it's like oh i'm missing something so i have to Read, 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 study, discern the truth from the smoke, mirrors, and bull that they do put out there quite a bit. Uh, the, one of the major contributing factors, the things that we're most uh, sensitive or allergic to, is the high complex carbohydrates, grains and legumes. There's also other studies that say, well, you kind of need to soak that, and, and nature put in its own self-protective mechanism by, oh, well, you've got to soak the grain for a long time before it begins to sprout. And that's why if you soak your beans before you cook them, it creates a lot less flatulence. For those of you that don't know what flatulence is, that's what your husband does and tries to hold you under the sheet, and he thinks that's funny, although I think it's not really appropriate. <clears throat> grains because they're genetically modified i'm telling you folks that's a real problem and anytime you can get organic or non-genetically modified you need to do it i don't care what it costs because i was talking to a guy the other day a very very incredibly intelligent man 
And there was quite a few people that did tests with this new lab that can figure out the real differences between food allergies and intolerances way beyond a lot of these lab companies that say they're doing it, which I think is a lot of smoke and mirrors. But he said, well, there was three people that did not have a gluten issue. He was one of them, and there was two others. Well, he was raised in Mexico. The other guy was raised in Peru. And then the third guy was raised in Cuba because they don't have the genetically modified crops. And I don't care what my <clears throat> some of my Facebook friends say. They say, well, GMOs are fine, and I spray my fence line with glyphosate. It's like, well, you were a strange child. Now you're a stranger adult. Just because it doesn't kill you right on the spot doesn't mean it's not bad for you. I'm telling you, GMOs are killing us. That's why we have more problems. We have more, I hate to say autism, but that's one of the factors there. We have more autoimmune diseases, and it's getting more common, but it's getting younger and younger because these people, these kids are being born from mothers that already had their genetics messed up by the GMOs, or, or their immune system also. So, then it creates uh, uh, bad bacteria because it kills the good bacteria. And that's why I tell people it's really hard to get probiotics to where they really and truly colonize in the gut. So the bacteria changes. Then you get SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth. The gut then produces toxins. Now, these toxins will damage the mucosal lining. And that's what you would call leaky gut. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, recent test makes Dr. Lewis think, holy crap, the rules apply to me too. So I've got to give up gluten. I knew what my limits were. Well, guess what? You can't fix yourself. So folks don't think you can get information and fix yourself because Dr. Lewis is brilliant as I am. I'm not smart enough to fix myself, so well, thank God for Janet. It's interesting you talk about these tests, uh, which you and I both ran. Uh, the the one thing that was on this, uh, it's called a wheat zoomer test. It actually has the ability, because you know we're all probably going to fail it, and and we know we're full of gluten. Oh, uh, I because, thought she was going to say we're full of something else. Because of the bad you know crops, like you said. But it also has a part of a test that's called a fusion uh, snip, where it shows you if you're headed towards celiac disease from having too much gluten. And incredibly, it can be, you know, a slight amount, a moderate amount, or a high amount, and you're, you're, you have celiac disease, which is a horrible thing to have. And um, That's where your GI doc comes in to diagnose this stuff. The good news about this test is it can show you headed that way and say, hey, if you don't stop eating gluten, you will have celiac disease, and if you stop it, you can actually start reversing it. So um, there, we haven't found any other test out there like it that actually can uh, tell you that you're headed that way, and you stopping the gluten could actually reverse it and cause you to not um, become have celiac. So that that's pretty exciting, and I know y'all are all going to say, well, when is this coming on the... Uh, uh, on the actual website so we can order it. Uh, we're still working out a couple of the bugs on it, um, and then we've got to build those on the back of the website. We're trying to figure out what you guys would be interested in as far as packages, and we're trying to keep the cost low. So um, we will have those. They are incredible. 
And um, like I said, stay tuned because they have been more than worth the money that we spend on it to find out information. And they do a lot for a very, very relatively uh, small amount. Yes, folks, I've had these tests with other labs, and again, I'm not impressed. And I know some people say, well, you you need this. I said, yeah, I know, but I want to make sure it's real. One of these days I'll get on the podcast and talk about hair analysis and how crazy they are different with the same hair sample and for the third time. Uh, So I I don't have any faith in them. So you hair analysis companies, if you're listening, hey, prove me wrong. Um, So, you know, one of the things that I tell people, or or sometimes people come in and tell me, they say, well, I drink apple cider vinegar and, and the heartburn goes away. Well, yes, it's a little bit acid. If you can drink apple cider vinegar and make you feel better, for God's sake, you need digestive enzymes and probably just straight hydrochloric acid with betaine. And and hydrochloric acid is trimethyl and well when you say trimethyl that that means it's a methylizer that means a cleanser so don't be afraid to take digestive enzymes and or hydrochloric acid with pepsin um so yeah apple cider vinegar is a good thing but i think it's super super simplistic um what about the drugs they give you for these things you know when you say i have a heartburn are those really curing the issue or what exactly is helping with what happening with the drug part of it? You know, what's really amazing folks is that Janet and I work so well together because we have two completely different set of notes and she's just almost psychic in the things that she asks because I'm there in my completely different set of notes. So she's psychic or Sometimes psychotic. But that's I actually a, didn't even read a note. I was just asking a question. Uh, okay, so, so she was psychic or psychotic. <laughs> uh, again, I'm, I'm a chiropractor. I'm not against drugs. I'm I'm against the need for having to 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 use drugs. Uh, they put my mother on some drugs once upon a time. My my sister called me and says, you know, my mother's sitting there looking in the mirror, talking to somebody else. She's urinating freely. She's constipated. Cannot poop. And she's making coffee with no coffee and no water, and she's trying to turn the stove on and can't get it turned on. Thank God there was a safety device because it was gas. And I said, oh, good Lord, I'm booked up. I said, never mind, I'll cancel the whole day. And I went to see my mother, and they'd put her on some anti-acid drugs to make her feel better. And I'm not against that, but it lowered her B12 so much she got dementia. And then they put her on, because she got that dementia and, and had some brain issues from that, and they didn't even start small. They hit her with huge dose. And then they put her on uh, a well-known antidepressive drug. And I went to see my mother, and I tried to figure out what was going on. I got her antidepressive drug, and I gave it to another sister. I said, here, you take this crap. My mother's not going to take this. And I gave her MD the research on B12. said, please start giving my mama B12 shots. And she wouldn't do it, even with the research. I don't know why. So I gave my mother massive, massive, massive doses of sublingual and oral B12. You have to do, you have to go way beyond the RDA because there's always or almost always an absorption problem. And within about three weeks, my mother knew who she was looking at in the mirror. She could make coffee. I mean, her mind came back within about three weeks, all because we gave her B12. Of course, it had the B6 and the B1, you know, da-da-da-da-da. 
it's very, very important. And you think we don't have nutrient deficiencies? You're crazy because, you know, we've known in America that our soils were depleted since the early 1900s, depleted of the minerals, which helps make the vitamins. So back to the drug point. And again, so I, and I told my mother, I said, well, if it gives you that much relief, go ahead and take it. But you have to take digestive enzymes. That sounds like a broken record. Uh, one of the real problems I see is some of the antacids are aluminum-based. Well, Jesus, we know aluminum can contribute to Alzheimer's and all kinds of other things. Uh, sometimes they have calcium carbonate. Well, that's like licking on a limestone rock. And then if you have calcium carbonate and drop the acid level in your stomach, the stomach says, oh, my God, it's too low. And it has an acid rebound, and you end up with it worse than it was before. And guess what aluminum and calcium carbonate can do? Cause constipation. Interesting. You know, when they give you those drugs, don't they tell you that you have too much stomach acid, and that's why you need to take it? Yeah, and most of the time, you know, unless they really, really test it, it's really too low. And that's why the uh, judicious use of betaine hydrochloric acid is very important. We can tell within six pills and three meals whether you really need it or not. But again, if you can take apple cider vinegar and make you feel better in that regard, you need the betaine. Uh, or, or you can just do digestive essentials. Which yeah, is, that's easier and smarter. Yeah, most everybody needs it. And on lab, when you're looking at lab, because if you don't know what you need, um, on the metabolic panel, we're looking at your globulin. Your globulin optimally should be about a 2.7 or 2.8. And many times we see people with it at a 3.0, 3.1, but you're, you're going, well, that isn't very far off. Well, on lab, it's hugely off. Sometimes a tenth of a point is a big deal. Sometimes it's not, depending on what you're measuring. Yeah, And, and if you've got it that bad, then you've got a lot of burping, belching, gas, um, you, and misery probably, on me and your husband's mm-hmm. flapping the sheets trying to gross you out at night. Yeah, and probably not going to the bathroom well. So, um, you know, it, and you're having all this burping, belching stuff. So um, that's a good indicator that you may need the digestive enzymes. And then on the chloride end, if it's really low, that tells you you actually don't have enough hydrochloric acid in the gut. And that's where Dr. Lewis was talking about doing betaine. You know, there was an interesting study I read one time. Uh, I'm going to stir the pot. It's from Johns Hopkins, and there's some really incredible research comes out of there. I have quite a few of them archived here. Uh, it said that you can have a decreased sexual ability and or breast enlargement. I'm talking about men, not women. This has got to do with digestion and heartburn. I, I don't know where he comes up with this stuff. It always goes back to this. Okay, go ahead. Objections overruled, counselor. (laughs) I get to speak my mind. Uh, If you're a lawyer out there, sorry if I misuse your terms. Uh, It said decreased sexual ability or breast enlargement can result from prolonged excessive use of the heartburn medication Tagamet. So maybe your man boobs aren't because you're drinking the light beer, which is a bad thing. I can't drink beer anymore because of the gluten in it. I hadn't tried any gluten-free beers that I think are worth going back for the second one, which, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fix your gut. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, some of your common causes of heartburn <laughs> are laying down after eating, 
that it, it bothers you. Uh, like I said, having low stomach acid, you're overweight. Uh, which a lot preaching of, to getting personal. A lot of America is, even though you're looking around and thinking, "Hey, everybody looks like me." You are probably still overweight. Go to China, you'll feel fat. At my 170 something pounds, I was the fat boy on the block. Yeah, now when you're this thin, it's like, "Oh, you must have cancer because you're so thin." But, but honestly, you're supposed to weigh that. Overuse of ibuprofen, which a lot of people tell me they take that before they go to bed every night so they can sleep. And it's really funny, since Mary and Janet, I rarely, 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 rarely ever take ibuprofen. But before Janet, I used to take those 250-count bottles like crazy. And yes, it boo-booed my stomach in a big way. Sometimes Uh, having a hiatal hernia will actually cause heartburn, which I've seen Dr. Lewis actually uh, help with a chiropractic Yeah, there's soft tissue manipulation for that. So, you know, see your chiropractor for that one. It works wonders. Uh, Sometimes it's a level of H. pylori, and the problem is if you lower your uh, hydrochloric acid or acid level in your stomach, then it can allow the H. pylori and other bad bugs uh, grow, and then they can actually get into the bloodstream and start burrowing little holes into the uh, arterial walls. So there's many, many reasons why you need to, you know, think about this. And it can be, as heartburn can be, you know, just a magnesium deficiency, which almost everybody has. Even our government, as brilliant as they are, says the average American only gets 40% of your daily requirement of magnesium. And you talk about H. pylori. A lot of people don't even know if they have H. pylori. But one way you can tell if it might be H. pylori is if you're in the middle of that hurting like that and you drink a little bit of tea, any kind of tea, and it calms it down. Or if you drink water and it makes it worse. So if it calms it down or the water makes it worse, it's generally H. pylori. And we do have products for that, like GastroMend. And, you know, and may we are to discuss some of the products that we have besides just digestive essentials that actually help calm down some of the heartburn. And some that you've probably not heard of, we've, we've got a new one um, that it doesn't taste great, but it works like crazy. It's called Mastic Gum DGL. Yeah, it tastes like dirt. Well, it's cinnamon-flavored dirt. Well, they're lying about the cinnamon flavor. <laughs> but, I mean, you can. it starts out good, but the ending doesn't taste great. But it really does work. They're little wafers, and you can yeah. uh, chew them up, and, and the indigestion heartburn is gone quickly. So if you don't want to take a medication, that's a great combination. Um, Dr. Liss, you might want to talk a little bit about the uh, gluco, uh, I'm sorry, the GI support that we have that is a powder. That's a powder. I like powders. And, it, you know, it has the things in it, all kinds of different things that really, really helps. Uh, some of it's DGL. Big one's glu- uh, uh, L-glutamine. Yeah, glutamine's one of the amino acids. And I want to talk just a little bit and go down this rabbit hole, but it still really and truly is uh, related. Uh, I was talking about H. pylori and different things. They can burrow, you know, and get into your arterial system and, and cause, you know, little holes there and the body in its defense mechanism plaques it with cholesterol um cholesterol is not the booger bear it's 
meant to be. And I just loaned out my book, The Cluster of Hoax, to another doctor. And I said, oh, dear Jesus, please bring it back. But I did it because his doctor got his cholesterol down to 126. And I told his wife, I said, you just doubled his risk of stroke. I think everybody, and I put instructions in this book for this other doctor to go get his coronary calcium score because you can have the placking and it may be related to you know bad digestion. I got a coronary calcium score, and you know I've had a history of chest pain, which has nothing to do with my heart. And my uh, report said your total calcium score is six. Well, if it's a four hundred to a thousand, you're about to have a heart attack within two or three years, according to the research. Basically, they said with a calcium score of six, I've got as much calcium in my heart, coronary arteries, to be a toddler. Don't worry about it. And the reason I talk about that is because there's an amino acid uh, that's uh, called acetyl-L-carnitine. And that's an incredible one. We actually stock that because it's so good. Some of the things it does... It's good for cognition, mood, and Alzheimer's disease. It's good for antiretroviral neuropathy, peripheral neuropathies. It's good for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and fragile X syndrome. It's good for just straight depression. Uh, it's, it's good for cardiovascular function. It's good for chemotherapy-induced neuropathy. Lord, we get all those people. They s- said, well, I have this neuropathy. I said, have you had chemo? Well, the first hint is they're growing their hair back out. And I said, yeah, I put you on a C-level carnitine and a few other things. And all of a sudden, it takes a little time, but they get well. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been studied for HIV infection to help prevent diabetic cataracts. Uh, men's health, it can reverse infertility. I've given that about two other things to men that had uh, sperm count that was deformed and weren't swimmers at all and then whoo all of a sudden their wife got pregnant in the next three to six months it's good for peroni's disease it's good for people that have alcohol and cirrhosis uh, of the of the liver alcoholism and it just goes on and on and on and i'm telling you people that just take the acetyl carnitine and didn't link it to anything else they notice a lot of other things get better so yeah bring me back out of that rabbit hole and i'll get started down wherever you wanted me to go well i want to make sure we address uh, the question that we had here last week that we did not get to from penny uh, which she would like to know about nitric oxide Uh, is it important to her health she's got several parts of this question Where, where do we find nitric oxide in the body and what is the difference between nitrates and nitrites? We get a lot of good posts from Penny, so please keep it up. Um, nitric oxide, let's start there. Nitric oxide is very, very important. A lot of men like L-arginine, another amino acid. I think I'm going to have to get deeper into the amino acids. They like that because it gives them a boost of energy it helps testosterone it helps the cardiovascular system it helps uh, circulation and it helps with erections and all these guys come in they say well do you have any uh, of this i said yes but citrulline works better if you knew the difference between arginine man yeah it gives you that big burst but it's quick 
If you take citrulline, it has a half-life in the body, and it lasts so much longer. Read between the lines there, men. And that's why we have citrulline in our blood pressure formula. It works so much better. And I'm not against arginine. It does work. But they both create nitric oxide. And what that does, it keeps the surface of the blood vessels really kind of smooth so the platelets don't bind and decreases the chance of clots. Read into that. That's what that means. Uh, There are some research studies that said you can get too much nitric oxide in your body, so be careful there. Um, That's why you go for professional advice, hopefully to Janet and me. Uh, It helps remove the oxidants, like you've heard, antioxidants like C and E. And vitamin C and E actually uh, help stabilize the nitric oxide. So that's from L-arginine, but more importantly and longer lasting is from L-citrulline. Now to the, the question about nitrates and nitrites, one of them has, I think, three molecules of oxygen and the other one has two. Again, I've told you several times I hated chemistry. I did have to pass it, though. Uh, they put the nitrates in the meat, you know, to cure the meat because it gives it the pink or reddish color, which makes it more attractive. If you don't put it there, it the meat turns brown, even though that may not be a bad thing. It's better looking if it's pink, at least in our subconscious mind. There's some people that said the nitrates and nitrites increase your risk of cancer, but I personally think that's questionable because if you have the other things that help with this, the the changes where it gives off these oxygen molecules, like the C and the E, the antioxidants like our quercetin bromelain, I not sure that would increase your risk of cancer, but like I say, that's questionable. You can read uh, WebMD and come to a horrible conclusion, or you can get on internet, get somebody's crazy opinion, or you can dig down into the real, real research. Uh, nitrates come naturally. There's actually more of them in veggies, and the GI systems, uh, it goes into the GI system, or from the GI system, from your vegetables, and goes into the bloodstream which is kind of antimicrobial, mean kill the bad booger bears like virus, yeast, fungus, bacteria. So I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, They say avoid them. And again, I'm not sure that's really correct. So you be the own judge. And if you're, people say, but I'm allergic to them. Well, maybe you need the digestive enzymes and the probiotics and a few other nutrients. And when your body's working correctly, people say, I don't know, but my allergies or sensitivities went away. Yeah. And speaking of probiotics, do they have anything to do with uh, making indigestion or heartburn or any of that stuff be less? Many, many times because it it can overpower bad things like yeast, fungus, virus, and H. pylori. Uh, My favorite, and and we've had about 20 different probiotics. We're trying to get them down to about six different choices. And we've got another one that's a, uh, we call it ProBioComplete. And, uh, you know, it's got all the good stuff. Uh, It's got the lactobacillus, different strains, and especially the salivarius, which starts in saliva. Good for the mouth. It's got the bifidobacterium. It's got the streptococcus thermophilus, which is the good strep, not the bad one. It's got enough of the lactobacillus and the different bifidobacterium to be good for the gut, 
you know, uh, from small intestine to the colon. But that one's wonderful because we have for many, many years carried um, the innate. They're 2014 or 5014. All the people out there listening that are taking that product now know that that has been a staple of ours for many, many years. I um, actually am changing that product to the ProBioComplete based on us doing it because, you know, we don't put anything in here unless we've done it. And between the three of us in here, uh, we usually have a problem that warrants the use of one of those products to try. And we do experiment with other people, too. Yes. And uh, that <laughs> that ProBioComplete, uh, the lady that told me about it said, you know, it'll make you go to the bathroom or if you don't have uh, problems needing that it won't make you go to the bathroom and I thought how could one probiotic do that and it's actually in clinical research trials it is um, such we a big deal about, but which, it's a big deal right it is a big deal that they're right that, that it's in research trials and um, she was absolutely right that is a phenomenal probiotic and it you know people are going to say oh but it's got to stay refrigerated Honestly, if you're going to take it within 18 months, it does not have to stay refrigerated. Some of these are not that fragile. If you forget it in your fridge, put it by your bed, take one or two before you go to bed, because that's when you've got the least competition. You don't not taking in some of the toxins like genetically modified foods and chloride and fluoride in your water. So I take most of mine at night. And there's 60 in the bottle, so I would hope that you would take it before 18 months but um that is our go-to favorite because um it it is it's amazing how well you feel taking it and i and i did well with the n8 and many of you have out there have and and that is a wonderful product as well this one is just taking it to a whole new level and i could not believe it so and and financially it's still a really good investment it's actually a better investment than um it's saving you some money so we're we're doing that as well but i wanted to mention that's why that one's there so dr lewis uh we're coming to the end of the show unfortunately and you know this really goes by fast (laughs) is there anything that you would like to add in to help people realize that they can have a life worth living and feel good yeah i'm always full of stevenisms and people say you should write that down i said well you're impressed by it you write it down i think life's too short to be little you know you need to go big or go home uh one thing i'd like to say is when you really decide to get well you will because decisiveness is magnetic so you know always be good to other people Always remember, outside the will of God, there's nothing you want. Inside the will of God, there's nothing I fear. So if you fear your health, come on in. We'll help you nutritionally. You know, we'll help you spiritually, too. Uh, I'll put on my cheerleading outfit and help you through it. Life is too short to be little. So, folks, it can be much, much, much better. You can have the pain of change and change for the better or the pain of staying the same. So let's get well. Let's make it a great life. And for those of you that can't come on in because you're not in East Texas, you can go on our website to greenwisdomhealth.com, fill out the health survey. We can help you in any state across the United States that you're in. And let's get you started having a life worth living. We'll be here next time on the Green Wisdom Health Show. Once again, our show has come to an end, but your hope and your health is only beginning. 
If you or a loved one are in need of a different outcome and are waiting for a brighter future, take the first step and go to our website and fill out the health survey. Please don't keep us a secret. If you know someone that could benefit from this podcast, please share this show with your friends and family. You're only one step away from a life worth living.